Judith Jarvis Thompson and the Violinist Argument In an article originally published in 1971, Judith Thompson begins her argument for the permissibility of abortion by acknowledging that, while she does not think a fetus is a person from the moment of conception, she cannot provide compelling reasons for thinking it is not. So, for the sake of argument, she accepts that, at any point during pregnancy, a fetus is a person with full human rights, including the right to life. Nevertheless, she argues, even if this is true, there are times when abortion is morally permissible. We will present Thompson's argument slightly out of order for the sake of clarity. One position on abortion is that a woman is never, under any circumstances, morally permitted to have an abortion. Thompson calls this the extreme position. She argues that the extreme position is implausible because, even if the fetus is a person with a right to life, a woman still has a right to self-defense if the fetus places her life in danger. To support this claim, she asks us to imagine being trapped in a small house with a rapidly growing child. You are already up against the wall of the house, and in a few minutes, you'll be crushed to death. If nothing is done to stop him from growing, he'll be hurt, but in the end, he'll simply burst open the house and walk out a free man. 2008, 176. Thompson thinks that surely you have a right to defend yourself, even though the child is not capable of any malice or a morally responsible intent to kill you. This case parallels our earlier case, where a severely mentally handicapped person is firing a gun into a crowd. If you're in that crowd and you have a gun, and the only way to save your life is to take his, then surely killing him is simply a matter of self-defense, even though the person is not capable of malice or a morally responsible intent to kill. These cases are supposed to guide your intuitions in those instances where a mother's life is in danger because of her pregnancy, and the only way to save her life is to take the fetus. If this is right, then the extreme view is not right, and there is at least one case where it is morally permissible to take the life of an innocent person. Are there any other cases? Thompson argues that it is also permissible to have an abortion in cases of rape. To show this, she asks you to imagine a famous violinist who has a fatal kidney disease. You happen to have the only blood type that can cure the violinist of this illness, but it will take nine months of having your kidneys attached to his for the treatment to work. If he doesn't get the treatment, he will quickly die. Imagine now that you wake up one morning with your kidneys attached to an unconscious violinist. Against your will and the violinists, the Society of Music Lovers has kidnapped both you and the violinist and plugged his kidneys into yours. This case is very similar to a case of pregnancy due to rape. Against your will and that of the organism, someone forcibly attached your bodily organs to, on Thompson's assumption, a being with a right to life, and it's only for nine months. The question in both cases is whether you have the right to unplug yourself, thereby killing the innocent person. Thompson concludes that there can be no doubt that you have the right to unplug yourself. As an individual with sovereign rights over your own body, 
No one has the right to use your body against your will, regardless of their right to life or their malice or their morally responsible intent to do so. She acknowledges that it would be a great good, a very nice thing, if you agree to remain connected to the violinist or the organism, but you are under no moral obligation to do so. Therefore, this is another case where, because the woman does not consent to someone else using her body, abortion is morally permissible.